0: Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to Not on My Watch Mondays. Today is actually very special because uh, we're gonna be able to start turning these these IG videos into a podcast, um, and so it's really I'm really excited about that. Um, so we have a guest coming with us today. Before we even get into to our conversation for today, I really wanted to be able to comment too on uh, DMX and his passing, Uh, it's a very sensitive topic, like all weekend I've just been like, I had moments even when I first heard, like it really hit my heart hard, because you guys know like my heart for hip-hop, you guys know how much I genuinely just have a heart for hip-hop, and every year it grows, when things like this happen, it grows all the more, and so it was really it was really difficult to, to um, and then to grow to know him a little bit more throughout the week, like getting to see videos, getting to watch interviews and seeing his heart for God. It was something that really like gripped me to realize, like, I don't know, like one thing I see about DMX is he reminds me of King David in the Bible, where uh, King David was somebody who we saw had struggles, who had a lot of kids and who but who had a heart after God, chased after God, and who had an unforgettable song. And that's the way that I've come to see DMX and like throughout the years we've known him that um he's proclaimed uh his faith and or his belief in God and just like where he stands and then and then um to like see all the more now I said there's so much that I actually missed about him that I'm like wow like look at this or wow look at that and it just amazed me to like really see a lot of his life and like what he said and get to actually hear him I think sometimes that uh we don't take the opportunity to hear people beyond what the media posts cuz even still with the media uh I seen an interview with him in the Breakfast Club years ago where something happened to him where he collapsed cuz he had asthma and uh it was like i i guess what i understood was that it was the summertime and like or not the summertime i forgot what it what it was that happened but he just had i guess it was the asthma attack but the media already placed it as a drug overdose and that's kind of what they did now so we don't know what happened we don't fully know and we can't fully assume but just to uh to see how things have gone it's just it's sad and um it's just all the more put a spark in me to want to live my life out loud to want to live my life for christ unashamed and to be bold with what i say what i believe because he was a bold person and um it was it was also gripping too because uh in the moments that we were praying and all those things it just reminded me of my dad because many of you know i don't know if i speak about it a lot on here but um many of you know i lost my dad and um it was very similar in the fact that he was in a coma for a while. We were praying him through it, and so it all of this triggered me uh in that in that in that aspect where I started to remember what it was like to be in a waiting room, what it was like to hear the doctors from day one tell us their prognosis, what it was like to to sit through those brain tests uh to wait for them to see what function was going, what it was like for the machines like even the i remember very clearly the sound of the hospital room the the smell the um like just hospitals you know have their thing um and um just how long it took that wait for us we waited uh that was december of 2019 that was december january february march april five months of like every month like waiting and trying and hoping for the best and him my dad still proving doctors wrong But ultimately in April, he got passed, uh, April of last year. And so y'all keep me in your prayers this month because it brings about a year of his passing, um, actually this weekend. And so it was just something that, that and the thing about it is that one thing, no matter what you go through personally, even if it didn't work out in the way that you would have saw it, you're still like, God, I still pray for this person that things would work out for them that they will be able to be made healed and whole and then one thing you see too is that God answers according to his will he's gonna do what he wants to do the way he wants to do it and it's not like to make us feel like you know but God knows best and and for I for my dad and I think about for D as I was just talking about my dad and, and for DMX like for them to I don't know for God to have them that's what's most important uh, yes he wants us to be unashamed so for those who will join later um someone has said amen he was uh that dmx was unashamed of his belief before jesus it was dmx's music that kept them believing there was some type of god who existed that's the thing too like we can never judge a person by uh like who god would use we can never we can never uh judge and put like a, a um what's the word i'm looking for a picture I don't know because you look at a lot of the prophets in the Bible a lot of the different people that were used a lot of them may not have looked like what you would have expected uh John the Baptist is one who I really think about because John the Baptist he wore uh he ate locusts and honey I think it was John the Baptist that did that y'all remember that and uh he walked around I forgot what he used to wear and um even Jeremiah Jeremiah was a prophet who he had to lay on one side of his body for a year or so and then flip over to the other side of his body. People was probably looking at him like he was crazy. Um, and there's different people who God will use in different ways. And our call, as and I'm not saying you have to model yourself after these people or anything like that. You yourself, this is something that I've learned a lot. Burlap, yes, thank you. It was burlap. Um, that's the huge word. And so, and I'm not saying we have to model ourselves after these people. Our goal is to be a people who's who who are able to be used by God, no matter what. And so, no matter what the situation is, no matter what it looks like, no matter what people say about us. And that's the thing that I wanted to tell y'all. This is something I'm gonna be talking about a lot, uh, as well uh this is also because i'm still waiting for for our guests to come today uh so i could just keep talking so they come uh be careful of following i uh, be careful of how much you consume social media and how much you consume and this is this is for me too <laughs> how much you consume scroll all of that because uh there is a real issue with identity in this generation and it's cool when you recognize it's fun it's fun to watch people be funny and to watch jokes and things like that, but I don't know if you notice that everybody is copying each other that uh there's very rare now that you're finding uh uniqueness if that's a word it's very uh it's not common that you're finding people who are you finding people who are following trends and that's what i feel like is happening a lot in this generation a lot of following trends and so i want to say to you guys like be very cautious of how much you consume how much you are adapt yourself to what's popular or what's what's seen because uh, that's another thing about as we grow in the Lord, we have to be a people. That's one thing I say, like from an interview I've seen with DMX as well. I'm telling you, I watched so many interviews about him just to get to see him even as the human that he is. Um, where he was like, he doesn't fully, he doesn't know. Um, this is, people change over time. So at the time of this interview, because I don't know if things change or they stay the same, um, but he said he didn't really watch people. And I think this probably is the same because I feel like he was who he is <laughs> for like his life. Um... Oh, uh, what you call it? He didn't really watch a lot of people. he didn't really listen to a lot of radio. He didn't do a lot of these different things and I'm not saying this is the standard. I'm saying this is what he adapted to for himself, and he said that um that because he wanted to make sure he was able to authentically be himself that he wouldn't have to like watch this person and feel like I gotta take some of that or take some of this to be who I am and it's like i feel I feel that because i we do that sometimes we take a little bit of this person, a little bit of that person, a little bit of this sound that sound this sound. And that works for some people, but some people also lose their identity in that or lose their capacity to be authentic. I think I said the same thing twice. I <laughs> lost my train of thought. Um, but yeah, so actually, you know what, to start us off as well, I want to take the opportunity to pray for DMX, is, for DMX's family, uh, Earl Simmons, for Earl Simmons' family and for those who are hurting during this time. And I don't know if you guys saw my page, too, the story of um, Roxanne. Uh, she's known by Roxanne Roxanne. Uh, she's a rapper. She shared so honestly from her heart. And when you watch it, like, I've, like there's um, there's some cursing in it and things like that. So obviously take the opportunity to look past that and really see her heart, really see uh, who she is. Because I feel like sometimes we don't listen to people because... Of our own pretense or our own judgments and things like that, but it's like no, like take those dreams down and really hear people for their stories and really hear their backgrounds because you just never know where somebody comes from, and like I'm telling you, my heart still like is is raw and and touched by by this weekend, and I'm still praying like God. How would you use me all the more to to be a beacon of hope for those who are going through it? Like, I really want us to to realize what it's like to be a beacon of hope for people. So I'm just going to open us up with that prayer for uh, DMX's family and those who are hurting like Roxanne Roxanne had shared. So let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you for this time, Lord. I thank you for bringing us all together this evening. And I just pray, Lord, that you would um, touch Earl Simmons, God, his family, Lord, and all those who are hurting by from his loss, God. I pray that you'll be able to, to show yourself strong to them oh god lord and bring a comfort to their hearts lord i know that it's difficult because i wasn't even close to him i didn't know him personally and i felt this so i could imagine those who were able to be in contact with him on a consistent basis those who are able to to talk to him and like just be in touch with him lord i could just imagine the depth of the pain that they're experiencing right now god so i pray that you would lift them up god and that you would remind them of who you are lord because Lord, you're you're still God, and you are still good. And I know in times like this, sometimes it's, we ask a lot of questions. We ask a lot of we we wonder a lot of different things, oh God. But ultimately, you know what's best. And I pray, Lord, that you would be able to to just bring that peace to to those who are hurting, Lord, and those who are those who have gone through stories like him, Lord, and Roxanne, as she shared, Lord. I pray that you would. Let them know that you're a God who sees them and that you would be a source of hope for them, that they would be able to see you as God, see you as someone who loves them, see you as Father, see you as refuge, Lord. I pray that you would go to their rescue even now as we speak, oh God. And I just thank you. I thank you so much for who you are and who you will continue to be. Just Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, you guys. So we have um, uh, our guest here is Pastor Jay from True Voices. Oh, wait. I didn't mean to wave. I meant to have you join. Uh oh there it goes, there's a request, my bad. <laughs> so we're gonna have him come on, he's gonna share his testimony, he's gonna share um how he started three voices, and yeah, let's get started. Hey.
1: Hey, what's up? How you doing? Can you, can you hear me?
0: I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can. I had to switch up
0: oh, studio yeah.
1: space. Uh we're in the Mikasa Studios right now.
0: <laughs> I love that Mi Casa Studios.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> So I had to switch it up Uh, for those parents out there. You know what it's like. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, but I'm glad to jump on now that I'm situated. Um, And um, it was good to have you on. Uh, It's complicated. Uh, Last week, the first podcast we did on the True Voices platform, I've been doing a couple independently, but it was great to kind of just get the ball rolling
0: Mm -hmm.
1: on the True Voices front. Um and yeah, it was dope to have you this week, having Cole Campbell on tomorrow. Ah, dope. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 rolling, it's happening.
0: That's weird. That's 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 the way you guys he has encouraged me to to just go forward with my podcast as well. So this is like the first one I'm gonna be posting up where I have like conversations. This is gonna be posted on the Pray for Hip Hop podcast as well. And so you guys gotta check it out. True voices. It's complicated. It's gonna be a dope series. It's gonna be some fun conversations on there, y'all. Y'all gotta check it out.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, if anything, like I would encourage you to like um, use that handle, the True Voices handle, versus my personal handle, so people can see it because it's all on that platform. Okay. Um. Uh. Uh. I'm old school. Like, unless we're actually friends offline, like my my pages. If you if you you don't know because you you already, you know, on uh on as a friend but my page is private like I I keeps it yeah like I'm old school like that that family page that's just that's just for the fan but everything else is open in terms of ministry stuff podcast stuff on the true voices platform in fact we also converted a page that we had going uh, for a previous project to the it's complicated um uh, podcast so it's um it's actually at uh blankets complicated um on instagram
0: Oh, that's it all on one
1: platform yeah because i figured if we don't i mean we might as well just go ahead and grab the name too um before you know uh someone else does and it was actually a couple of iterations of it was taken but not the blank part so which i mentioned to you before is what we were really going for so we could just like plug and play whatever topic we're discussing Mm
2: -hmm. you know
1: um and most of the topics we talk about especially as believers tend to be complicated yeah Um, whether it's relationships, music, right, uh, ministry, leadership—I mean, they—they um, they all have their family, right? Relati- like marriage, they all complicated in various sorts. So, I'm hoping that the page could really help some people out. And I love yep. the idea you gave me about, like, you know, utilizing it uh, even to do um, both in person when the time is right, events, mm-hmm. um, and um, some streaming uh, options between now and then too. Be a lot. Um, so, yeah.
0: And so they were asking right someone was asking can they follow the it's complicated page?
1: Yes. Um I like literally I would have to put it um I would have to put it in the chat. I believe uh it's uh blank, it's complicated and they should be able to see it. Okay. Uh yep, yeah, there it goes. I just posted it on the chat. You guys see that?
0: Yep. Oh that's dope. I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because
1: I, like, I tried to, it's complicated, I tried to underscore it's complicated, it was taken. I so think. I was like, yeah, so I'm excited, we got the logo and everything, um, it's on the page, um, so so I'm excited about the the potential
0: of it all. Cool, alright, yeah. so now, uh, just but to get started, I would love for to you to, to be able to tell people a little bit about yourself. Tell them your, your testimony and
1: your story about like uh how you came to the Lord. Oh, what's crazy is when I came when I came to Christ, I was just a teenager in high school. Um, and it was um it, it was a brother that I I honestly don't even remember his name, but he was he was um in high school with me, thank you, bud. He was in high school with me. Um and um but just put it to yeah put it to stop sorry i got my little man on the just just put it to stop oscillating. um but yeah i uh i uh big hip-hop fan even back then biggie and tupac were you know uh that's the era i grew up in so you know i was rocking with them before they got labeled the goat those were just like the go-to's um it's you know even though um i had a special pride for any rappers out of the bronx like big pun, et cetera, you know, um, I I just, I mean, Tupac was it for me. And then, you know, Biggie was a close second. Um, Mm -hmm. so just thinking about that in context of the channel, right? Pray for hip hop. Like I'm an old head when it comes to hip hop, I guess in that regard now. Um, but yeah, I was just like 16 years old. Um, and I was really in a bad place. Um, for those who know my testimony, I was, um, I was, um, you know, really, um, Felt a bad hand. I was an orphan at the age of nine, so I lost both my parents, and um, it was really difficult, as you can imagine, growing up without, um, you know, mom and dad. You know, a lot of us growing up in the hood, we were kind of used to growing up without dad, but mom and dad, that was especially tough. Um, and so uh, around fifteen sixteen I was already you know really struggling with s- suicidal thoughts and I was really in a bad place mentally emotionally um i was I was lost um, you know I had an old uh praying Pentecostal grandma who uh man uh, the Lord heard her prayers man because there were there were times where um you know her words rang true um, uh, in some of my darkest you know times i remember um I must have been no more than 12, 13, literally sitting on the rooftop uh, in Soundview Projects where I grew up, um, literally just sitting on the ledge contemplating whether or not I should jump. Mm -hmm. Um, And the words of my grandmother would come to mind, you know, um, how suicide wasn't of God, how suicide was, you know, um, uh, was not a way out, (laughs) it was a way worse, right? and i just said man if grandma's right i don't want to wake up in a worse place
2: yeah
1: you know um and and so fast forward you know uh just really struggling with an atheist being an atheist agnostic wondering you know if christ exists where is he in my crisis mm-hmm. right and all that came to a boiling point when i was about 16 in high school um and this young black brother from uh i think he was from queens or brooklyn because we went to park west i went to park west high school because um, I wanted to get out the Bronx. I wanted to get out the hood. I didn't want to go to Stevenson. For those who from the Bronx, you know how bad <laughs> Stevenson is. I was like, nah, I'm not trying to go to Stevenson. I'm trying to get out of here. I'm trying to see the city. We live, you know what I'm saying, in, in Manhattan, pardon me. Um, and so uh, I decided, you know, I'm gonna I'm go down as far as I can and Park West was the move. And so, um, you know, the Lord was, was just really working on me. and. Long story short, this brother um, was just influential, man, because he was my same age, which I found fascinating. But he was like sold out for Jesus, you know, and um, he was just there. Just listened. Let me share my heart. He saw that I was really um, he saw beyond the anger. He saw that I was sad. You know what I'm saying? He saw that I was in a bad place um, and he just kept giving me hope. And every excuse I would try to give him about like, why I didn't wanna like follow Jesus and why I was unsure about, you know, whether or not he was even real. He just had the only apologetics at a young age. I wish man, I wish I could find his brother because he doesn't understand like, and sometimes I don't think we understand like the people that get quote unquote saved under our ministries, right? The people that we're able to reach with the gospel. Like we have no idea many of times what happens, you know, mm-hmm. after that. Um, and I know he had no idea that this young Puerto Rican cat from the Bronx that he helped lead to the Lord scooped down in front of our guidance counselor's office. I was in trouble yet again, right just like led me to the Lord right then and there. the sinner's prayer right then and there. I didn't have the traditional altar call. My altar call was stooped down uh you know in front of my guidance counselor's office by while another teenager led me to Jesus like that's wow. dope. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, like, by God's grace, when I think about that, I'm like, yo, that's, that's not, that's not what, what you normally hear, what you think of when you think of conversion, right? But it just goes to show you, like, it doesn't matter how young you are or what the environment is, if you give people hope, you give people Jesus, yeah. and you, are, you have a good ear, like, pff, yeah, you can reach anyone. And this brother has no idea that I went on to become a minister and become, you know, uh, a leader in in different areas of my life and and led others to Christ. And the ministries that I've been able to birth by God's grace has led many to Christ, um, not just here locally, but even nationally. And to think like that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for his faithfulness on some local tip. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, when you think about testimony like that's that's the origin story right there for me.
0: And I'm just like, I did not know your story, actually. Now that you, you tell, I did not know. Yeah. Um, so and like, you've known
1: me for years now. So yeah, that's crazy. I'm, yeah.
0: Never, that's why for me, I'm listening and I'm like, whoa, that's deep to be that young. And um, and to go through that. And then, like, God's hand was still on you because, like, to not have to, like, what? Because being in the Bronx, too, like, you probably had a lot of different temptations that were around you that you could have dived into. Oh, absolutely. Like, I know oh, like what was there a moment too where other things pulled at you that you were able
1: to like stay away from? Shout out to Lawrence who's on the chat, emissary from Queens. I see you. Oh, um me. so yeah, I don't know if you know uh emissary, but uh dope youth uh minister, um he him and I used to rock out together in um in Young Life. I um t- yeah, and he's a he's a leader of a, a really dope uh, ministry uh, called Speak Life, uh, out of Queens. So shout out to him. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of a lot of 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 trappings for sure. Growing up in Soundview, and and I kind of split my time between Soundview projects and Watson, which is like going from bad to worse. Um, and so it was from the like when people say they're from the South Bronx like unless like people who are really from the South Bronx could check that and tell you no nah, no nah, that's not South Bronx like stop <laughs> like i grew up around yankee stadium like that's not south bronx like there's that's there's some rough neighborhoods there but to me south bronx is soundview it's 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 you know what i'm saying is 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 138 it's it's hunts point it's you know what i'm saying southern boulevard it's 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 the hood hood you know and i went like from two places predominantly um uh Soundview projects and in Watson, two of the most notorious, you know, neighborhoods in the Bronx, South Bronx to be exact. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of temptation to wild out. Uh, a lot of my peers at my age were were robbing, were stealing, they 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 were um selling. Um in in fact at one point, you know, I, I kinda got hip to the game and I started breaking into cars. Um, with, with some you know with, with some of the folks from back in the day, and I was young fourteen fifteen, but you know again, orphan didn 't have a lot of money, a lot of it was just really out of a place of need um, and then not having the right guidance and trying to find you know the the quick fix and the quick money mm-hmm. um, in fact it 's interesting because one night when we went to go um, hang out, uh, we was looking at this empty apartment. in in the in in Watson in the hood and we just thought nothing of it It was like yo it's an empty apartment like we can get in through this through the fire escape we're gonna be good so we go ahead and we try to get in through the fire escape not to rob anything because it was an empty apartment we literally just wanted to make it like the hangout spot for that night maybe even that weekend depending on how much run we could get and I remember that night we were trying to break in through the fire escape Mm -hmm. and the way the alleys are set up on Watson and between the buildings, you can see down the alleys. Mm-hmm. And and what's interesting is nothing like the movies because the alleys in New York are not like the alleys in the movie. You know, they're pretty, right. they're pretty narrow. And many, many times the blocks don't even have alleys because the buildings are so stuck together. Right. But in this case, that there was an alley, right? And we saw the paddy wagon pull up and we was like, yo, 5 O's is here. But we didn't think it was for us because we was on a boy inside and they came up the elder side, right? But what, what happened is we we basically jumped over the fence on the boy inside to the building on the elder side and the entrance was on the elder side, low story short. They were coming for us. We had oh no idea. Yeah, we had no idea. So here we are again, just innocently trying to get access to this apartment just to just to hang out, right? No, we wasn't trying to stay in it, we were just trying to get in. And when we realized it was for us, we scrambled. And I should have just went right back down the way I came, hopped over the fence, and went back on the Boyton side. Mm-hmm. But instead, we went up to the roof and we tried to traverse down, you know, through the, the, the to the regular staircase, figuring, you know, they, they wouldn't know it's us. Mm-hmm. But by the time we got to the rooftop, Five already had everything covered. Nice. And so uh, that was another huge turning point for me. To answer your question, that actually landed me on probation. Thankfully, not parole, probation. I didn't have to serve any time. It, it, it got listed as a youth offense. Again, we didn't even make it into the apartment, right? We, we, nothing. But here's what's interesting. That was huge for me because it was shortly after that that I, um, that I met that brother in Park West. And I remember my sister, when, when she knocked on the door and they had me in handcuffs and they found out how old was I, I was only like 15. She she was like, oh, I thought it was your brother, not you. I I don't expect this from you because my brother, while like, t- to this day, my brother's locked up. Like my brother's been in and out of jail since I was around that age.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so she was expecting it to be him, and it was me. Um, but that was one of those Romans eight twenty eight things mm-hmm. because it actually got my head on straight. The the repercussions, the consequences of it became real to me.
2: Yeah. And I
1: I I, I again, I was only fifteen. I didn't know better. Yeah. You know um and i realized wow like like this could have ended me in so many ways i could have got shot because the the cops were there guns loaded pointing it at our face you we already know everything that's happened in society to this day like being a a a young boy of color up there like with my friend who was also you know um like a a minority is like thank god you know we didn't get shot right on the spot
2: Mm -hmm. right yeah
1: um but that probationary period was huge for me because it got me focused yeah and it and it helped me realize the consequences uh that were that were dire and so it started to you know really be um all things work together for your good, and I started to kind of uh, really uh get get locked in in terms of school I started to get locked in in terms of like not wilding out anymore. I stopped breaking into cars. I yep. definitely wasn't trying to break into no apartment, right? <laughs> like that that wasn't a no go. Um and and I remember that um that was in the summer that 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 fall I started high school and um yeah that's when I, I met that brother like as a freshman mm-hmm. and he led me to Jesus. Um and there was a whole bunch of other things that God was working out, right, during that time. Um but those were two major components, you know, that that really resulted in me, um coming to my senses and coming to the Lord.
0: Yeah. So I wanna to know too, like thinking about that, like it made me think about friendships and accountability. So like when you think about uh those who you were with before Christ and as you came in Christ, did you find your friendship circles changing? Did you find that you were able to impact those circles or and did you find a new or did you find a whole new group of friends that were able to keep you accountable and walking with the Lord?
1: It's actually it was actually like a hybrid like me and my best friend at the time his name was Momo <laughs> right that was like the, the the his nickname in the hood uh his government name was Alberto but everybody called him Momo um and i remember like coming um coming to jesus and really getting serious about my faith and what's interesting is that brother who led me to christ he wasn't in the bronx so i couldn't connect with him at his church but there was um, actually like one of the um, w- one of the staff members at the high school, he wasn't a teacher. I think he was like maybe like a paraprofessional and administrator. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a Christian and he got hit to what, because he was cool with me and he got hit to what happened with me uh, and, that, and that other Christian student. And then um, I told him, yeah, but you know, he goes to church out there, you know, I'm all the way in the Bronx. He was like, I go to church in the Bronx and he put me onto his church. Yeah, and so through that church, I built some real friendships with some of the youth there, and particularly the youth minister. So I, I did establish some new friends, and then um, the primary friendship that I had with Momo, like for me, it was like a, a perfect opportunity to put him on. Yeah, and I was like, "Yo, like I'm not walling out no more. I'm not. don't even ask me about like doing any more break-ins. Like I'm not with it. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to live for Jesus and yeah. and." And that, to him, was just like, yo, it's got to be real because I know you. You're not no street preacher. You're not no Jehovah Witness. You're not, not like some religious, you know, a stranger. You're my friend, and you seem to be convinced about Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so he was like, I'm with it. Like, like, I'll go with you. And he came to church with me.
2: Wow. And, like,
1: me and Momo went from being some of the worst kids you could ever meet on the block Mm-hmm. like we talked like sailors we wild out I mean it was bad just to like two church going Sunday best dr- dressing you know what I mean like a yeah. uh, 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 young men of faith like it was a crazy turnaround mm-hmm. so it was a both end. like I made new friends from the church and then I brought my best friend into the faith so right. yeah for me that was huge and and I think of Proverbs right um, bad company corrupts good character yeah, And so I was really, really grateful for the new friends that I made and that my best friend was down to, to, to rock, you know what I'm saying, and to and to give it a chance.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's great, cause, and I laughed a little because that scripture, we grew up on that one. My mom, like she's on, like you said, two of her favorite scriptures, Romans 828, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And yeah, yeah. Purpose. And also... uh even communication, corruption, good manner. Every, like before we go to school mm. with any of our friends or anything like that, my mom was like, Remember what I said? Even communication, corruption, good manner. And so, like, that was one of the ones we used to, like, know off the bat, like, for real, be careful of this. Shout careful. out
1: to Mom Dukes.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, like, that's right.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's encouraging, yeah. man, because now I'm a parent, you know, and, and I'm like, I'm constantly trying to instill some of these principles, mm-hmm. um, you know. And, and it's tough it's tough being a parent um but it's good to hear like what you sow in that young age stays with you you know and what it, i'm sowing now is going to stay with them god willing
0: it sure will because like even another one train up a child in the way they should go and they
1: proverbs go.
0: <laughs> i think i said it but y'all know what
1: i'm talking about yep yep you're <laughs> right and they will not return from it yeah train it, up a child the way they should go last
0: part but um, yeah because it stays because just like you said, your grandmother's voice stayed with you when you were doing like um, when you were right at the brink of like right. Ministry, right there. God will do that. He keeps those voices in us, especially when it's funny, true voices. These are the voices in our lives that yes, uh, when we're at certain decisions, you'll find something that some some wisdom comes from somewhere. And just oh, I remember this was said to me or that was said to me. And Word. so. Uh, another question I have for you is like, so now that you've got you've grown in the Lord, uh, uh, you got saved and you're growing and you're growing in the Lord. At what point did you start joining ministry? What was that first experience for you like? Like, what was that call like to join ministry?
2: The
1: the the, the it's funny man because it was a quick turnaround. I got saved at 16, and by 17 I was already like active with the youth ministry, you know, outreach ministry, street ministry um i was just really passionate and a lot of the gifts that god had you know um bestowed started to kind of manifest now that i was you know that i was saved um and and i really had no idea it was going to be such a quick turnaround uh in fact to some extent um I, it was probably too much too soon mm-hmm. um but um again another romans eight twenty eight. i learned a lot um but but i did hit the floor running um, and I peaked early and crashed hard, and that led me to backslide for a couple of years in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, man, I hit the floor running. Like I said, saved that 16 by 17, I was already active in ministry. Yep. Um, and not just all oh, coming to Sunday school ministry. Like, nah, like we was preaching on the street corner, giving out tracks, preaching on the trains at 18. Like, already doing like youth campaigns at 19. Like it was just progressing, you know what I'm saying? Doing radio ministry at 20, like it just kept progressing. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things I realized now looking back again, there was a push because when, especially when the church picks up that there's gifting and talent, the church is quick to mobilize you, especially the church that I come from, you know, charismatic churches in particular tend to be like really gun-ho and fervent, especially about evangelism and rightly so. But I think where, where, where there's some 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 areas where improvement is nonetheless let's make sure that we listen closely to the the words in in uh in, in the scriptures especially when it talks about the position of an elder it shouldn't be done by anyone who's pre- new and I wasn't an elder but I was already doing ministry which eldership of course is a form of ministry um so I think to some extent that scripture does apply I think like like I wish I would have had a bit more of a pause, a bit more preparation, a bit more coaching, a bit more mentoring um, so that I didn't peak too early and crash hard. You know what I'm saying? And then when I did crash, that there were people there to say, oh, like this is a part of it. Like, you know, the dark days of the soul, like there will be hills and valleys, like, you know, don't give up, don't surrender. You know, these are are part of, you know, your journey. Instead, I just felt blackballed and I felt deserted and I felt like I didn't have any worth anymore. Um, and so I said, you know, th- what, what's the point of staying if I can't no longer do ministry to the extent that I've been doing it? And, 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 and I felt ostracized and I felt, again, alone and I felt like, you know, um, um, like just despair, you yeah. know. And I, I wish that's where, uh, you know, th- thinking back to what you said, even about training up a child in the way they should go it, in the scriptures, we see a very specific. Uh, a mandate from Paul to the early church that the younger uh, that the older women should teach the younger women and the older men should teach the younger men yeah. in fact one of the the versions uh, uh, um actually puts it this way and I was looking through this earlier um I believe it 's in titus yeah titus two four says the older women must train up younger women to love their husbands and their children, and then another version um talks about um how older women should be like mothers to younger women and that's where the church tradition of church mothers came from i didn't know this when i was younger but that whole premise and that whole role of church mothers like that's so dope and it's good look and Mm -hmm. it's something that you only see in a particular niche of ministry a lot of times it's like the black charismatic church but i wish we saw more of that across church as a you know what i'm saying as a whole Mm -hmm. um and then the same with 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 men which usually those men would be like the deacons and the elders and and the minister so and so, and like but but it's essentially like what Paul was describing was Big brother big sister for but but you know what I'm saying on a spiritual mentorship tip, and um yeah, I, I think for me that that was missing, and it led to me backsliding, but one of the scriptures that always ministered to me was that the Lord is married to the backslider, mm-hmm. and so I would always remember that when I was in a backsliding condition because what's interesting is that i still love jesus Mm -hmm. i was just having some real issues with his church yeah and i'm sure many of us have been there where we like we love you lord but your your church be playing itself like your church (laughs) your church is bugging you know and 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 like i said on sunday i was like you can't be cool with me but but hate my wife like Mm -hmm. that fundamentally would affect our relationship and the same thing is true with jesus he's 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 the groom, the church is the bride. So you can't rock with Jesus and be like, I don't want anything to do with church though, which is something that we see a lot, especially from hip hop heads. Yeah. Well, like hip hop heads. And we see even with DMX before his conversion, he was already showing signs of convictions for Jesus. Yeah. Right, way back in his first, second album, he was already, he was already demonstrating that in some songs that you were just like, yo, hold up, like, mm-hmm. like there's clearly something happening here. Like this dude really believes in Jesus. He's clearly not following Jesus, but he believes in Jesus. Yeah, uh, and and I think that's the tug of war for so many of us. We love Jesus, but but we have fundamental issues with this church.
0: Yeah,
1: and so so we decide to like just follow from a distance,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which we know is something Nicodemus did and others in the scripture. Um, and, it's, and, and even Peter did it, if you remember, uh, Peter did it during the crucifixion uh, or leading up to the crucifixion where he yeah. was kind of following the fall off. And then when they peeped him, he's like, yo, he, he's one of them. He's one of his disciples. He was like, nah, not me. And he started swearing and cursing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he was following that Bible says at a distance. And so I found myself as the backslider mm-hmm. following at a distance. And you probably know some people like this, and maybe yeah. you've even gone through that where you still love the Lord, you still love Jesus, you still have genuine faith in the Bible, but you're disconnected from church and you're therefore disconnected from authentic Christianity because we know Christianity is not something you can live out on your own. This whole premise of like, I do church in my house by myself is a fallacy. That's not, that's not real Christianity. Mm-hmm.
0: So Christianity that- has
1: to be done in community.
0: No, it's true. And then like, just to be able to, like you said, that that fellowship that's built, that iron sharpens iron, you need somebody else to be able to sharpen you and you sharpen somebody else. So what was that? I love how you put that too, just before I ask the next question. Uh, Peter following from a distance and to not appear like he was a part, he ended up like cursing and swearing to make people think all the more like, oh yeah, he's not with them. But in reality, he right. was. And you look at that, that's like our generation now, like a lot of people, not even just our generation, that's people in general. Right. Sometimes to dis- they, they're they following, like exactly how you said it, like they're following Jesus, but they're like, no, 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 no. I'm not ready to commit to that, what that looks like yet. So let me just curse and throw you off so you'll think like, no, nah, I'm not with it. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, we also do it, too, because we don't want to we don't want to we don't want to be labeled the church girl or the church boy, especially if you grow up in the hood. You got to maintain a certain rep or you don't want to be perceived as soft or you don't want yep. people to try to take advantage of you. Yep. Um, so you find yourself like really struggling with trying to adhere the biblical principles, like not letting un- any unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. Right. That's in Galatians. That's why as Christians, we don't curse. A lot of times people don't equate that they think it's just like kind of morality thing now nah, like there's a biblical mandate for us to watch what we what we say and, and that includes cursing but it goes above and beyond cursing you know what I mean mm-hmm. um it's, it's just really like is the talk unwholesome if so it's not edifying if so then you need to stop mm-hmm. but that's really hard to do again when you're growing up in the hood and you're trying to keep up pretenses or yeah. again you're not trying to get constantly bullied or played or 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 um labeled right mm-hmm um thankfully for me like i got so enamored with jesus that i was just like yo like i don't care what I, what i got to say like you could call me jesus freak which was really popular back then you could call me church boy you could you could say whatever you want about me i'm going to serve jesus despite yeah. my failings and my shortcomings like i i came to terms with jesus is 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 wasn't wasn't going to disqualify me because of that even when his church did and that was part of the reason why I came back after being backslidden because I realized that I was holding something against Jesus that his church was doing, not him. And right. it wasn't even his church as a whole, oh, it was only just some Christians in the church.
2: Yeah. And
1: that's one of the things that I realize even now as an adult. I made some mistakes, you know, as a Christian. I um, mean, that's why other Christians can't be your model. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we make mistakes out of immaturity. Sometimes we make mistakes, you know, out of confusion. Sometimes we we make mistakes because we're still in growing pains. Um, Sometimes we we say and do certain things that are perceived um, with a different intention. And it offends, you know, a fellow brother or sister. Mm -hmm. And and that could lead them to backsliding, which is horrible, right? Um, But ultimately, that's why the Bible says salvation is individual. And again, we follow Christ, not other Christians. Yeah. And so that's, that's that was a big part of helping me come back mm-hmm. um, in, into the faith. Yo, so, shout out to Voice the Poet who's on. Shout out to Miguel, another dope poet from New Jersey who tuned in.
0: So then what was that? Was there like a specific moment that like where all this became like real for you? Like that perspective? Like was there someone that spoke to you or was it just something that as you meditated on it, the Lord was able to bring you to?
1: You mean like when I when I came back from from when my battling condition?
0: Yeah, when you came back, or even that point where like you was in ministry and like a lot of things just fell on you, and then it was just like, where to go from here? And then it's like you realize like the church, church hurt is real. So, yeah. So what what was it like to come back from that?
1: I almost felt like an abused girlfriend or boyfriend, like an abused person, you know, that's in an abusive relationship because it can't happen to men and women. Historically, we know it happens more to women. But you come back and you're kind of shy um, and you're kind of like cautiously optimistic. You yeah. you're suspect of people. Um, but thankfully, you know, I came back because the word, the worship, you know, all those things that made me fall in love with Jesus was still present in his church and he was ministering to me even while i was following afar off the holy spirit was still nudging me like i remember being in the club lights in the going off music bumping everybody drinking chilling and i was literally sitting there thinking about jesus mm. like sitting there realizing like the holy spirit convicted me even in that sinful place and space like what are you doing here yeah like this is not fulfilling you mm-hmm. this doesn't even come close to the prayer virtues, uh, as we would call them in Spanish behelias, right that like you you experience my presence, where you would cry out, you know what I mean and in, in just intimacy with me this doesn't have this doesn't even touch you know what I mean the kind of breakthrough that that I had I mean all the lights, music camera action was all there, but I was empty yeah and so I, I couldn't help like when you when you really get saved you can't go back to the world and stay there. Like, I genuinely believe that. Like, if there's true conversion, mm-hmm. then that's why Jesus said, my sheep know me, they follow my voice and no one can snatch them from my hand,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So like, like you hear these testimonies of people who leave church and then do YouTube videos about it. Like, there was even this couple who did it who was part of a mega church staff. And I, I like, like, were you ever authentically Christian or did you just go through the religious motions, mm-hmm. right? Because how could you leave the church? more importantly, how could you leave Christ yep. and then slander like his bride and slander him and, and now embrace a whole different, you know a new age belief or you know philosophy? Like, it's heartbreaking to me. Mm-hmm. like people who've who been in my shoes, and I know there are many who've been backsliding, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like you front and ultimately, like you just, you just trying to hold it off, but you know, it's like, it's pulling at you. It's tugging yep. at your heart. The Holy spirit is still dealing with you. is still ministering to you. And then the words of the old Testament come to pass that he is married to the backslider that, that yep. to me, always ministered to me. Um, and so, yeah, it, it just slowly but surely came back and again, cautious, mm-hmm. but, but you know, and, and, I was following from a distance I wasn't trying to get active in ministry I was I was just allowing God to 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 heal me you know allowing God to to restore me little by little um you know and there was a lot of tugging and pulling
2: going in and out of church going in and out of church.
1: If if anybody on the on the live knows what I'm talking about like Like, like Tish, you know, 100, like, amen, like, it's real, like that back and forth in that battle is real. And so, you know, it's just about trying to anchor and and not not giving up um, while you're in that despair and while you're in that back and forth. Um, Because ultimately, God is as you're in that back and forth, almost like the stock market, you're going in and out, down and up, but in an upward trajectory, closer and closer to the cross. We don't tend to see it, but Mm -hmm. I look back in retrospect and I see it like oh even though i was struggling even though i was so i would encourage people to be patient with your friends and your family members who are in a bachelor's condition or even with yourself who might be going through it right now you're tuning into this live like it's it's normal and natural um to to go back and forth and to struggle um, with the notion of returning but you also have to be mindful and balanced of the reality that a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways yeah and, and when you constantly are finding yourself going back and forth between the world and, and faith, you know, that's, that, that begins to happen. And so you really got to just surrender and be like, okay, Lord, help me stop playing myself. Let me just get cemented little by little, day by day, service by service. And that's how it tends to happen in the opposite end, right? Mm-hmm. Like people don't just backslide usually hard stop. Usually yep. it's like, you I haven't seen Brother So-and-so. I haven't seen Sister So-and-so on a couple of services. Mm-hmm. A couple of services turn into a couple of months. a couple of months certain to a year, and then next thing you know, you've been bachelorette. Yeah. And sometimes for years on end. I remember when we first started, you know, uh, the church plant, and I was a group of of folks who who really believed in trying to reach the Bronx. And I remember coming across one individual who was like a youth leader, and he kind of just said, yeah, man, like he he came out to one of our picnics. And he was like, yeah, I used to do the Jesus thing. I was even in like youth ministry. And I was like, what happened? Like, I've been there. I know I was, I was bacheloring. Like, yo, come back. Like, let's do this. It's all good. And I remember him telling me, I honestly thought I was going to be out a couple of weeks at most. And that has been three years. Wow. Yeah. Like he thought he could just stop going to church for a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of reset, take a little break and then come back. The, the devil is the author of confusion and the father of lies. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we'll fall for the okie dope. And be like, yes, it's going to be a little minute. I'll be back, you know, or I'm just going to find another church. And then you're perpetually trying to find another church and all you find is the world. Yeah. Like you shouldn't leave one church, uh, ideally, unless you have another one lined up, Mm -hmm. you know. And then that's a whole other podcast because you you shouldn't just be going from church to church either. That's not healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, you should have discipleship happening out of your church, mentoring, right, spiritual mentorship, which is the best. I, I think the most practical way to define discipleship. Like, yeah. who, who's mentoring you, who's coaching you, who can correct you, who can put you on, who can pat your back and kick your butt. Like, yeah. so many <laughs> believers nowadays missing that. And it's yeah. part of the reason why backsliding conditions become the norm mm-hmm. instead of the exception.
0: Yeah, no, that's it. You said, like, a whole bunch of good points, too, because, like, uh, there's a scripture that I think about, too. And I think I thought about a lot lately uh, that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And or David, when he says, like, if I'm high, if I'm here, like in the highest of heights, you're there with me. If I'm the lowest of lows, you're there with me. And as I told you, I
2: was
0: um, was telling everybody too early, I've been watching a lot of interviews, like as we are talking about like DMX. And like, he said it too, like, he said, like, even in the midst of like, he went through a whole bunch of struggles. And like, uh, he was very um, vocal and honest about those. He said one time in specific that he was in the studio. He said that, he said he was high he said and yet in that state he said he still saw the battle between the devil and God and that like and he said he could feel the tension he could feel that fight he said all I could record that night he said and mind you he said I'm high he said all I re- could record that night is seven gospel songs
2: He mm. said, all
0: I could record the whole night and he said for him that was showing him that God, God was telling him that even in the midst of your struggle the devil's coming after you but I'm able to fight on your behalf and still have you as mine and so
1: yeah,
0: that's, that's so good. I was like, think about it, like, in our perspective, too. Like, those of us uh, who have grown up in the church and sometimes we do have those moments or those, like, slipbacks or, like, not knowing where to go. And it's like, but to remember that even in the midst of those, you cannot never slip out of God's hand. And that's the thing, too. Like, the, your struggle doesn't mean that you're far from God. It means, one, the enemy is after you. He's active. We think that the enemy kind of takes vacations from being in our lives or bothering us. For real he don't take no vacation
1: (laughs) he he sure don't he he got a whole squad at his command
0: too (laughs) i love
1: that he got a whole squad yeah he's it's not
0: like meanwhile
1: (laughs) we try to do christ we try to do this christian thing alone like 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 with the only independent spirit like i got me me myself and now like me and jesus are good no you're not no, you're not, because no, if Jesus you was good with Jesus, Jesus would tell you you're not good by yourself.
0: That's a fact, because, like, you think about the model of Jesus. Like, he literally walked with 12 people. Of course, one of them was a hater. We all know that. But there might be a hater in your squad, but that don't stop the others from getting close to him and, like, wrong. Real talk. Jesus made sure he was fellow- Jesus was fellowshipping all the time, except for the moments when he went away to the mountain to pray and be alone with God or, like, to it, it says in the Bible, he would go to a deserted place and pray. But it's like, he still made sure he maintained a fellowship. And I feel like you sometimes because of church hurt, because people, uh, and I'll be talking about this even last week on the live, like someone was asking about how you come up from disappointment. And it's mm. like, I, w- I want to put that to you too. I know one of the things that, that I thought about uh, even as we prayed through it was that we do have to still guard our hearts in church, like make sure yeah. that the feel wise with your relationships and how you're navigating those. But I want to ask you that. Uh, how do you what would you say to that like how does someone navigate their disappointment from church hurt or from people who they look up to
1: yeah I think a lot of times you got to recalibrate your expectations Mm. so you shouldn't even be like like think about like what just happened recently with Carl Lentz Mm. or even what happened with Kirk Franklin um, or any uh, very Zacharias right Mm like I, I bring them up because even though they all have different situations the 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 premise is still the same. yeah when you make people um, substitute or on the same level or on par with Christ, you already set an unrealistic standard for them to reach and an unhealthy balance for yourself. you know what I mean um, so I think that is is critical to to recalibrate your expectations of other Christians even pastors, even leaders, mm-hmm. because men and women of God are still men and women. They're still flawed. Mm-hmm. They still need prayer. They still need intercession. They still struggle with sin. They still battle against the flesh. They got a whole, like you said, like the enemy got a whole team. And so a lot of times, especially when you come into ministry leadership, you get jumped. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a good support system, just like in the hood, if you get jumped, it's it's a wrath for you. Like, like you could literally die from getting jumped. Mm-hmm. And instead of thinking like with our street smarts when we come to Jesus, like the the best way to avoid getting jumped is by always rolling with somebody from the from the block, mm-hmm. right? Or somebody yeah. from the same crew mm-hmm. because there's strength in numbers. Yeah. And so the same is true when it comes to overcoming, you know, discouragement and depression and 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 that whole sense of uh, of 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 um you know just emotional turmoil and struggle with that comes with church hurt. Mm-hmm. like the best way to really deal with it is by surrounding yourself with some godly folks in your life with 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 folks who are going to pray for you folks yep. who are going to counsel you mm-hmm. folks who are going to who are going to remind you of God's promises again they're going to pat you on the back kick you in the butt they're going to yep. they're going to what, what, what how bill page put it he, they're going to walk you off the ledge and bill page is an OG in the faith um, he's probably in his mid to late 60s now, and I remember, uh, or maybe even 70, uh, or in his 70s, because I remember rocking with him when I was in Young Life, and he was a VP and our an old head even then, and this was years ago now, probably uh, 2014, 2015, but it was one of the gems that I've received from an older man in the faith, and he talked to all of us as men on staff, and he said, brothers, and this applies to the sisters too, he said, you need to have two or three men in your corner. Who can walk you off the ledge mm-hmm. because there are going to be times where you're going to want to jump off the ledge yep. and the only thing that's going to stop you is someone being able to walk you off of it mm-hmm. and a lot of times again we have such a independent posture as americans as new yorkers that we like yeah, i got this i'm me and jesus good
2: mm-hmm. like
1: i'm looking out for number one me myself and i that whole paradigm is so unbiblical and so unhealthy Yep. And we also take it into our relationships, which mm-hmm. we talked about in the last podcast that he was <laughs> on with us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that independent mindset is so counter-biblical and counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Jesus teaches both in marriage and in Christianity an interdependency,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where where the, the apostles were on one accord, where mm-hmm. two or three are gathered, there I am, mm-hmm. right? that There's this constant pointing back to our strengthening in our numbers, yep. in community. And so that's the best way to overcome it: get into community, get into discipleship. And most discipleship, too, when we think about discipleship, a lot of times we think about it in terms of just like one-on-one. But I love the way Pastor Eric Mason puts it: uh, we see historically in the in the, in the early church, um, the the discipleship that was happening was happening in small groups, mm-hmm. of twos and threes. It was happening in small house churches and and in the groups that would meet in the temple courtyard. Yep. And so you can't just depend on one person because again what what if your disciple maker if he's the only one is at dinner with his wife Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you got to get walked off the ledge
0: yeah
1: right what what if the only sister that you trust and you rely on and who's your disciple maker is at work and and you're in a really bad place either with a sin struggle temptation right like something's off and you really need to get walked off the ledge in that moment Mm-hmm. This is why Bill Perry, you know, going back to the OG, he said, you need to have two or three men because I might be at dinner. Paul might be at work, but you're going to reach as one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I love that analogy and it's still with me. It's one of the greatest gems I've ever received. And so ever since that point in my life, I made sure that I had discipleship relationships that were that various, yeah. you know, and then I availed myself to others. Mm-hmm. and say, hey, I taught them those same principles and I would ask them, like, what's up with your discipleship? And then I would put them all to that game and I would tell them, like, you can count me as one of your two or three. Mm-hmm. Like, And if you don't reach me, again, you got two or three others yep. um, because that's so vital to us. And, and again, that person is there to listen, mm-hmm. that, there's, that person's there to pray, that person's there to remind you of God's promises, that, that person's there to encourage you, that person's there to correct you. And when you allow people to have that place and space in your life, and again, it doesn't have to be the whole church, just two yeah. or three. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just a faithful few. And we know you can't trust the whole church to do that anyway. Yeah. But this is where people get messed up with church hurt too. When James talks about confessing your sins to one another and praying for one another, he doesn't mean you just go all willy-nilly to every single brother and sister in the church. Yeah. No. You go to those who you've done life with and that you're doing discipleship with and that you've built some relational equity and trust with over yeah. time. Um, and so we tend to go to the wrong people initially, or we tend to be too open initially. And then we get hurt by the flawed human beings that makes up the church. And so we fall back altogether. And then it just ends up hurting us because we never then allow ourselves to have an open hand approach and an open posture to having meaningful relationships. And God knows I've been hurt by pastors, leaders, other ministers, other people in ministry, other artists. Um, they've taken what I said or done the wrong way or misinterpreted or totally, you know, just slandered me. They, they straight up just lied on me in certain cases. Um, and it's just like, man, like that's sad. You're supposed to be like, like my literally my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ. Why are you slandering me? Why are you knocking me? Why are you criticizing me? Like it was hurtful. And anybody who's been in the faith long enough would, you know, will tell you they've endured it. I'm sure you've endured your fair share. Um, but then I've had brothers and sisters who have been loving, caring, vulnerable, there for me, sacrificial, mm-hmm. late nights, early mornings. You know, like I would have never gotten to those people if I would have allowed the ones that hurt me yeah. to never open up to the ones that helped me.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, that a well, preach right there.
0: I was about to say, you, say, if you gotta adjust, see, you got to adjust
1: your
2: you. I was like, all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love these long-form podcasts because, you know, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that comes out of conversations like these.
0: No, it's true. Um, and, like, Angel has put here, I've been hurt for being too open. I can relate to that. And someone like, this is my bro over here, too. Fenestra, accountability matters. Yes. Um, and another homie here, the enemy of the enemy of our souls works 24-7 trying to take us out whether we want it or not. War has been declared against our soul. That's a fact. It's like whether you feel like sure fighting tomorrow, tonight, next moment the enemy don't care he's actually gonna want to not fight so he could just be right there and swoop in um but i love how you pinned a lot of this too because i feel like a lot of times we do give up on the church or i think that what you said too like expectations and because we sometimes we hold people to a higher standard than we even want to be held for ourselves yeah we because it's only sometimes when you're in a situation where you recognize how a person may have been meaning like if i can't show up at this moment then it's like oh maybe that's how it was for this person they couldn't show up for me but uh, i feel like it is important for people to find as you said two or three so you you you, uh make your probability of someone being there for you even that much much stronger and it also helps you not to put so much pressure on one person to be perfect because even jesus like he had the twelve but he had the three that would go to higher heights with him or was closer to him, and so that's you don 't have to open up like you said to everybody, but God will show you the ones that that to open up to you. um
1: and the and the best places to find them is usually in community group, life groups, small groups, whatever your church calls them cell groups yeah. you don 't you know Sunday services are great, mm-hmm. but you don 't tend to find those people on Sunday services, you tend to yep. find them. When you're in a, a small community where there's dialogue, where there's sharing, and then yep. you can really start to build from there. So I think really small groups of any sort tend to be the best jumping off point yeah. for discipleship. So if you find yourself and you're listening to this podcast or watching this stream and you're wondering, well, where do I find my two or three? That's where you start. Mm-hmm. Start in your small group. Yep. Sp- start in the small group options of your church. Oh, wait, you're not in church? Mm-hmm. Time out. Let's, then let's go back to step one. Get to church. Step Mm -hmm. two, join a small group, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I know for some of you, you're like, well, I don't know what church to join. Well, here's the good thing about not being a member yet is that you can um, participate in in, in some of their groups um, before you become an official member and get a feel for it Mm -hmm. and then see if it's a good fit for you. Now, I wouldn't wouldn't recommend perpetually, again, church hopping and visiting different places and not putting down any route, because then it goes back to what the sister said about accountability being critical. If you never join a community, then you're not truly accountable. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons why True Voices, before we would put poets on the stage, we would have them fill out a performance form that incorporated or included where do you go to church? Because we wanted to make sure that these artists, I shouldn't even put it in a quotation. They, are, they were artists, legitimate, Christian, loving, Jesus-loving artists. But we found that many of them we couldn't put on because they were not at a home church. Mm-hmm. And so our pushback to them was like, look, like we think you're dope. We would love to have you on our stage, but you're not, you're not accountable to anyone. You're not in community with anyone. You're, you're not doing one of the fundamental you know, fruit or works of a Christian, and that's being a part of a church. Yeah, you're not you're not learning under a pastor. You're not being accountable to disciples. You're not also giving of your time, talent, and treasure because that's also where the where the beautiful thing about church is that it should be reciprocal. It should be a place where you get blessed, but it should also be a place where you give blessings. Where you go to not just be blessed, but to also be a blessing. Yeah. So every time I see and and we think about that in terms of worship ministry, and we think about that in terms of the preaching and teaching ministry. But let me tell you something, um, the helps ministry, the hospitality ministry, the setup ministry, the breakdown ministry, all are vital to how a church can operate, especially a new church or a mobile church. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's not just do you go to church, is are you serving at that church? Mm-hmm. At yeah. any, well, I don't sing, I don't preach. Okay, but you can pick up the mics.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you can help set up the chairs. Mm-hmm. You could be a greeter and be part of the hospitality ministry. You you could join the outreach program, you see what I'm saying? There's so yes. many areas for you to, and that's another a jump-off point for ministry, because yeah. in a lot of those different departments, programs, and, and 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 ministries, you'll find like-minded people who are serving in them who can also be disciple makers yeah. with you, or disciples that you could rock with. Yeah. Um. But because you're just kind of, you know, just showing up and then just enjoying the service, it just becomes. You know kind of like a sunday entertainment for a lot of believers mm-hmm. where we come in like sing to me mm-hmm. preach to me bless me i yeah i'm out see you next week mm-hmm. that that's not what church that's not what church is supposed to be mm-hmm. church is supposed to be a place where again you go to be blessed and be a blessing a yep. place where you can you know what i'm saying be reciprocal with, with what god is doing in and through you and in and through others Yep. and it's also supposed to be a place where you're growing and connecting throughout the week because guess what between that sunday and next sunday you're gonna battle so much temptation mm-hmm. so many struggles make your co-workers gonna get on your nerve your marriage is gonna be aflame your your, your lust is gonna be on fire like like so <laughs> many issues are gonna happen between that sunday and the next sunday that if you're only doing church on sunday mm-hmm. you miss the point of church yeah so i
0: have a question for you like it's true like so how how have you as a pastor navigated continuing to have church in the midst of COVID? Like how have you been able to keep community like thriving? And how how what is your advice for those during this COVID season? I know that I feel like COVID has made a lot of people go different directions when it comes to church. So what is your advice for those people?
1: I mean, it, it's 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 a beautiful mess, <laughs>
0: <Perfect>. <laughs> um,
1: in the sense that. It's allowed us to learn how to be creative and leverage technology to stay connected as a community. But I'm also, I don't want to say fearful, but concerned for the body. And not just in our church, but the universal church, the greater church. Because so many people are getting used to streaming service. And it goes back to my point. A lot of people are just logging in. All right, sing to me. All right, preach to me. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Announcements. Oh, a giving option. Maybe I'll give. All right, see you guys next week. I'm logging off. Mm -hmm. So they're doing the same thing that they were doing when they were coming in for a Sunday service. And you know this because you're part of a large church. I know for a fact, and I may not have the statistics, but I don't need it. I got 20 years of anecdotal evidence. When people go to mega churches or large churches, they can hide. Mm -hmm. When you go to a small to mid-sized church, it's more difficult to hide. Mm
2: -hmm. Because
1: if you are missing, people are going to (laughs) notice.
2: Right? It's true. Yeah. But if
1: Sunday service is like literally hundreds of people like it is in Times Square and it's multiple services, mm-hmm. you miss, especially if you're not a committed member, you're not serving anywhere, you're not like really active, people won't even notice you're gone. Yeah. Let alone, right, that that, that you, you haven't been there in weeks mm-hmm. or that you showed up and then deuced it and then they'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. True. Right? So... <laughs> streaming has has uh, exacerbated this but also has highlighted this because now it's like if you're in a small church or even a mid-size we could peep whether or not you logged on this week Mm -hmm. a large church you can't peep whether or not they (laughs) logged on this week so there's that reality the other reality is again when we come back into the building and i am a big believer that we have to eventually reopen granted we need to be smart about it granted we need to you know take precautions granted you know um whether it's getting the vaccine or social distancing or mass or some combination of those things we see that that's the end goal like just for society in general right and that includes the church and many churches have already started to implement these practices and i believe that over the next two quarters between now and four that's going to become Um, The end goal, and we're going to see a substantial number of in-person services up and running again, like pre-pandemic by this fall. Mm -hmm. Some people are already doing a hybrid approach. right? Some people like us are still doing 100 percent streaming. And then others have said, no more streaming. You need to be in the building. (laughs) Um, And And part of it is because, again, people have become so casual and so comfortable with the streaming option that... um, that, that it can really cause us to become lazy in our faith. It can cause us to become content in our faith. Um, and familiarity breeds content. Yeah. And that's one of the, the issues with becoming so familiar, so used to the streaming service. So there are going to be a lot of Christians, mark my words, who are going to be able to come back to in-person services safely come this fall. And they're going to choose to continue to just log on through the streaming option. Mm-hmm. Why is that a problem? Well, what's the motive behind that? As they would say in the hood, what's the motive, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're not showing up, you're not handicapped, you're not senior, you don't have any, you don't have COVID, like we're taking safety measures, there's herd immunity happening, there's vaccines available. Like there's all these reasons for you to be in the building yet you're still fronting on in-person services. Why, unless you're disabled, some kind of health issue, you're senior, you don't have the, the transportation, like it should be a legit reason, otherwise, you should be striving to do hebrews 1025 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as yeah. some have the habit of doing what's interesting is that when the, when that was written back even so that means that we' people flaking on service even back then
2: <laughs>
1: right <laughs> right. <That's> right. <laughs> So, and then here's the other thing. If I stream, oh, I could just, I could block my camera. I can put myself on mute. I don't have to be part of a small group. I don't have to serve. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You're playing yourself. You just DJ Khaled Ministries all the way. <laughs> and, and you're using COVID and you're using like streaming service to, uh, to like maneuver. You know what I mean? And avoid and navigate all the things that make a Christian a Christian. And so for us, it's been about trying to do both ends wherever possible can we meet up, wherever possible can we do, like instead of just doing like a straight up streaming on Facebook or YouTube, we've elected to do a streaming through Zoom so we could peep who's on and who's not. So that we could have small groups, like we have these breakout affinity groups, small groups of men with men and women with women on Sunday mornings before we go into our sermon. Uh, we do announcements and stuff like that in between. But for the most part, we want to give each other a chance to fellowship. If everybody's just jumping onto the website or to the streaming platform, whatever that platform may be, whether it's Facebook Live or YouTube, right? Or like, there's none of that happening. You're just literally a spectator. Where for us, again, using Zoom has allowed us to make it more participator, and has allowed us again to have more checks and balances for accountability. Um, and it, I feel like it's also more, inc- it feels more inclusive. It feels like, all right, we far, but but, but, but we're, we're still connecting, like it, we seeing each other and we're talking to each other. It's not just seeing me on a screen being, again, streamed through a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that some churches can't do that because of their sheer size and scale, but then they should make concerted efforts to do that throughout the week. Or before or after service and create little Zoom, um, you know, type of video small groups.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. It's very true. Um, I feel like this, like the how things have gone now, it's made it easy to just chill and like have like chill service. Um, but it is something that we should be challenged to find ways to to be active in our faith to remain active because it's easy to to hit the autopilot and to be like that for a long time. Like yeah said with, with, um, with your friend or the one that goes to um, I forgot how you met this person again that they said they, it only had to be two weeks but then it turned into three years
1: oh yeah we were doing a church picnic like an outreach <laughs> this is pre pandemic um, it was like year one, and we were just trying to like you know do more outreach events trying to you know gain more traction for the church plant um I'm one of the elders at exploration church for those who are asking where can you catch the service so if you go to @ExplorationChurch exploration church on instagram, you'll find it um and um the link is usually put up on the bio or we'll share it with you via d m yep. um but um. Yeah, it was, it was uh, heartbreaking to hear him share with that year one. He was like, yeah, I thought I was just gonna be out a couple of weeks and it's been years. Mm-hmm. And, and, to, and I just found out recently, uh, because one of our elders is connected to him through, through um, family, mm-hmm. uh, he's still bachelor to this wow. day. Mm-hmm. And so it went from three years to now what? That was like four years or like eight years now altogether. If we look at those oh, seven, something crazy like that. He thought yeah. he was gonna be out a couple of weeks. He's been out over seven years, wow. sad.
0: It is very sad because, yeah, they, like I, like we were saying, it's just something about growing in community that really helps us to stay on track and to stay, um, I don't know, like accountable. I think it's so important. And So I want you to also tell people, how did you even start your church?
1: Like I said, I'm one of the elders at our church, so we started it as a group in my living room. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just, we went old school. We started with just, you know, um, launch meetings and and, uh, uh, vision services in my living room. I'm so grateful for uh, Pastor Ish and Pastor Gary, who are the other elders at our church. Um, And we just, you know, we prayed, we cast vision, we we became bringers, we did a lot of outreach. um, And then, you know, slowly but surely, it helped us kind of just gain some traction. Um, And then we went on to um, a middle school and then we graduated after some time at that middle school to um a college campus in fact lehman so for those who are in the bronx you know yeah and so we we've done every iteration of church we've done house church we've done school we've done college campus and now we do doing screening. so we've done every iteration of of church um and the 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 theme has just been for us having that marathon mindset yeah. um talking about hip-hop one of the things that I came across, um, even before Nipsey died, was a video clip of him years back, before he popped, talking about his persistency. Is what, and he, essentially the interviewer asked him, well, what helped you make it? And he was like, the fact that I didn't give up. I had a marathon mentality, and that's where the whole flag and the whole you know, motto and the whole you know, um, uh, uh, saying came from. You know what I'm saying? For Nipsey. It was that mentality. And that interview to me was so dope because here I am listening to the secular artist, but hearing a biblical principle. Yeah. Right? He who endures to the end shall be saved.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? And then we see it time and time again. Paul talks about running the good race and you know, enduring, you know, uh and finishing well And, and so we see all these different analogies. And so in fact right now we just started our marathon mindset sermon series. This Sunday was our part one, this Sunday will be part two. And it's all about that spiritual fitness and that spiritual mindset of enduring and yep. all the different things that you can to endure. Because that's one thing that many of us you know, can, can relate to. Um, so many start off well, but so many end horribly or don't end at all. I mean, think about how many people you and I have met over the years, both friends, family, classmates, co-workers, the list goes on and on, who were once, you know, self-professing Christians Mm -hmm. and now are totally backslidden, going back to the original conversation, right? The original start of this conversation. And so to me, man, it's like, that's been everything. That's been the model through it all, marathon mindset. Um, and more believers have that, they can endure the highs and lows, the hills and valleys. And I think sometimes it's just being prepped. Like It's not always going to be this nice. You you remember year one of being in love with Jesus and how nice everything was, (laughs) and you were still naive, and you didn't have no church heard, and everything was just like, ha, hill, 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 glory, glory, glory. And then you hit your first valley, and you was like, what is this? (laughs) Ain't nobody prepared me for this.
0: Nah, that's right. Mm, that
2: is so,
1: funny. so we just need to have that both, both as a as a planter and just as a Christian. If you're in in ministry of any sort, in leadership of any sort, in a relationship of any sort, um, you know this to be true. It's about enduring. Um, really, that's the key. Uh, in fact, that's why we give props to married couples who've been married ten more ten or more years, mm-hmm. right? It's like unless you hit the decade or greater mark that, like, most people are not even, like, like, applauding you. You know what I mean? But you go into a room, you're like, yeah, I've been married a decade or 15 years or 20 years or 25 years. It's like <laughs> because people get it. Like, you guys endured. Like, that's what you're clapping for.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Yeah. And, like, that's essentially what you and I, are, like, are going to get, like, good and faithful servants yeah welcome into all right wel- okay. welcome into welcome in like that's like what i'm looking forward to i just gotta <laughs> endure like all the church shenanigans all the hip-hop shenanigans all the criticism all the trial and error mm-hmm. all the sin all the struggle all the lust like the list goes okay. on and on we just gotta endure
0: it's facts and uh i love that that mentality that you have the marathon mindset because i feel like that that's something that impacted even your like True Voices, because for you guys um, who didn't see the podcast that we did, we found out that we have the same anniversary, like the same hey.
1: anniversary,
0: and so it's so exciting. So I want you to talk a little bit about that, like how how does that mindset even impact what you've started with True Voices, and how has that yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, True Voices of you know is a a a Christian poetry and creative arts platform for those who don't know. Uh, check out the handle. It's pinned uh, at True Voices TV. Um, I started this in the South Bronx um, by God's grace um, with just a vision um, to to create a platform because I realized that New York didn't have one, and I was shocked. Here, this the year was 2007 when the ministry was really like kind of birthed. The vision of the ministry was birthed in my mind, but I didn't actually get. You know, um, working on the, the the nuts and bolts of it to 2011. Like I said in our our podcast uh, last week, it was just like God was waiting for my calling to catch up to my character, um, and um, and I feel like 2011 was it. You know, got married that year, so you know that that was also oh, really yeah yeah. So also a decade uh, now in, in in the the first ministry.
2: I'm about to say you gotta hit that
1: too, like, what? yeah, yeah. The de- the so decade dope. 2011, we got married 2011, so it's super dope to be, you know, in our decade mark. Um, so grateful for my wife and our children, we have a boy and a girl, and um, you know, it, it was um, the start of something beautiful, just kind of meeting with people and talking with artists and getting the word out and and and, and planning and promoting the first event, and then that first event hit in January of 2012, um, and so. Uh, since then, you know, uh, we went on to do, you know, um, so much um, uh, in, 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 in so many places that I couldn't even, you know, that scripture that he'll give you above what you can even think or ask for. When I started True Voices, I was like, yo, if we could pop in the Bronx, it's going to be fine. Like, if we could just have standing room only this first event, if we could just get 50 people this first event, we had over 150 people the first event, standing room only. Um, And then went on to have, you know, hundreds of people attend our events over that next year. And then we went from the Bronx to Queens to Brooklyn to Manhattan. And we hit every borough except Staten Island. So technically, we didn't go citywide, but we went citywide. (laughs) (laughs) Right,
2: no, we said this like.
1: Right, right, right. Like all love to Staten Island. But you, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I kind of like your own thing, so. But but it wasn't that the argument too amongst Staten Island folks that they wanted to be Staten Island, New York. They wanted to be like their own thing. I remember. So, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I left them out a little. <laughs> but what's interesting is shout out to Staten Island because when we would have services and events at different um, boroughs, even in New Jersey, um, in Connecticut, they would come through. So so they they, they would come through. Um, and I think part of it is because they realized we weren't hitting up their area. <laughs> so they was like, we got to go to them. And so, um yeah, it became you know it became the the platform that really helped christian poetry um I mean, you know, I think um just looking back in retrospect it, it wasn't what it is like now, and i mean i will you know i I'll, I'll leave i leave it for someone like you to speak from the outside looking in because the people would think i 'm biased, but i didn't see um a platform um for spoken word in the creative arts um um, like there is now when we launched True Voices. I think True Voices was a trailblazer in that regard.
0: I agree because um, I feel like uh, there was a lot of secular platforms, like even like I've heard of like the New Recon, uh, Poets Cafe, things like yep. that. Yup, Bowery. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bowery, and even like uh, Deaf Poetry Slams, like those. Yeah. If, um, but I never heard of anything that was explicitly like, Christian base or like even just clean poetry um, that just right. like impact but there was no I haven't seen it especially on the right. East Coast like we didn't have anything like that over
1: here right and that's, that was to my surprise mm-hmm. when I started doing some research I was like wait there's nothing I was shocked because it's New York yeah. you know LA West Coast had rhetoric they had lyricist lounge at the time P4CM you yeah. know Poets for, for Christ movement and I was like how, how is it that we don't have anything like that in New York yeah you like i was bugging out and what's interesting is when god puts a fire in your heart for something that doesn't exist mm-hmm. that should be like sign one confirmation
2: yeah
1: right because you're the person that god is like yes you're going to create what should already be popping here mm-hmm. but it's not for whatever reason
2: yeah
1: and so you know, that's exactly what happened. Uh, we became that platform and it, it really was a launch path for so many local artists and then regional artists. And then by God's grace, it became something that um, started taking place in different uh, cities and different uh, parts of the country. And we went from being citywide to national. Yeah. Um. And that was, again, back to that whole above what you could even think or ask for. You know what I mean? That was crazy to see how it blew up and how it grew from the South Bronx to all these different cities Mm -hmm. um and i remember when we started a chapter all the way out in cincinnati the midwest i felt like paul and i don't say that like to humble brag but paul would start churches that would start churches that he never even been to or visited
2: yeah
1: and cincinnati was the only chapter that i never been to or visited Mm -hmm. but because of the faithfulness of co-laborers and, and just following the call of God, what well, we started here in the Bronx, eventually ended up all the way out there in the Midwest and it sparked a whole, you know, a whole a whole another, you know, platform there. And I never even got to go and visit it in person. We got to talk and we got to vibe and we got to cast vision and do video and all those beautiful things. But oh, man, that to me, that that was huge. And um And so we developed chapters and we developed events and and then we kind of pivoted um a couple of years ago from being more of just a poetry jam kind of creative arts platform i started to really incorporate dance and acting and skits and artwork so we had artists come in and do you know live paintings uh musicians come in and do you know their thing whether it was hip-hop artists like you or he sung lee uh um mc jin um we even did a collaboration with the truth with young life one year we had um prop um you know for 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 those who don't know uh propaganda is a problem uh probably the favorite <laughs> my favorite artist we've had on the platform yeah, um that. yeah we had saga on like so it just became a platform that kind of had a spoken word focus mm-hmm. but it was very much a creative arts um and it started to incorporate all these other um all these other type of, of, of expressions. Yeah. And then um, uh, I realized that the chapter model wasn't sustainable and it didn't, went through a lot of highs and lows, a lot of trial and error, a lot of figuring out what worked and didn't work. Uh, and then, you know, we pivoted away from the chapter model and we just said, okay, we're, and we pivoted away from it just being jams, just kind of events, and we made it more competitive in nature where they're now slams. And yeah. so now we're actually um, the first organized Christian poetry um competitive slam platform Mm -hmm. um and so the goal is to have poets both individual and check this out. i'm really excited about this and slam teams we've done slam um individual slam poets Mm -hmm. but the goal is to now have slam teams also perform on the stage and compete against other teams from other parts of the country Mm -hmm. could you imagine i'm like so hyped for when that comes and i'm praying and hoping that we can make teams happen for our anniversary uh slam event in 2012 uh i'm sorry in 2021 uh 2022 we're aiming for spring of 2022 so the rest of this year is just about promoting planning and taking in submissions of teams from different cities
0: yep and you have a question here and actually i want to open it up too if anybody has any questions you could start Putting it in the putting it in the chat. I, I feel like I'm on Zoom, like a teacher. Um, but um, <laughs> I was like, I'm always telling my students, put it in the chat. Um, do do does True Voice TV collaborate Kingdom Time Entertainment? Have you guys ever collaborated? We've
1: never done a uh, We've never done a collaboration with them. But we'll be open to it. And we've done collaborations with some other ministries. Um, in fact, pray for this. There are about six different ministries that we've kind of identified prior to the pandemic so we don't even know whether or not we're going to be able to work with them going forward Mm -hmm. prior to the pandemic that we're going to be um, um, slam host in different parts of the country. And so the goal was to try to have them do something again out of their region Mm -hmm. and then have the winners from that participate in our annual national slam Mm -hmm. here in New York. Yeah. Um, And so now I'm praying that we could either revive those talks and those collaborations Mm -hmm. um, or get some new partners and some new ministries and perhaps even podcasts like this would encourage some people um, to reach out and say, hey, yeah, we would love to host a regional slam out of our city uh, because that's really what we're looking for. We're looking for primarily churches and youth groups that would be willing to host a regional slam out of their city uh, and or participate by being a slam poet or a slam team that would perform at our annual
0: yeah no i think that's dope and so like um what is your like your vision even for further down the line like what um so you spoke about the the um the teams and things like that so what is your hope for this to accomplish like what is your dream
1: oh man so i think for for me it's kind of the teams is a big part of it right um so but i feel like it's the beginning of something that has great potential I think if we can get slam teams coming from different parts of the country at first maybe it's just a handful maybe it's four or five six different cities right representing their local area with slam teams but i could see almost like i saw true voices at the beginning i could see in my mind's eye i could see it now turning into a dozen cities two dozen cities three dozen cities four dozen cities are just every year converging you know converting and converging on the annual event in new york or wherever it may be held uh and then just it being just crazy you know um um just full-on um collaborative space where there's workshops throughout the day slams throughout the day a final stage at night multiple days probably a friday saturday maybe even a friday saturday sunday or thursday friday saturday um, because when you have that many teams and that many, you know, um, uh, performers, you kind of have to stagnate it. And you also have to have them go from round to round until the final stage at the end.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, where then you have the final slam teams and the final slam, in, uh, individual poets, you know, perform for the, for the belt, if you would, or for, you know, the championship. And could you imagine the bragging rights that that slam team out of so-and-so city, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. One that. Yeah, one, the national, you know, uh, Christian Poetry Slam. Um, so that's, I'm super hype about the, the real potential of it in that regard. Yeah. The other thing that I'm excited about um, is this one of the things that I didn't do with True Voices before that I'm doing now um it's because the timing had to be right is really creating a true voices entertainment uh component where there is going to be more content like this podcasts, streaming um tutorials coaching um uh discussing different facets you know that 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 i think could help other people start um uh ministries like true voices that that fit their vision right yeah. And so, like, what have I learned over my decade plus of experience that could be a blessing to you, a benefit to you, and creating ways for people to gain that 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 content. And so, right, like, we're looking at Patreon. We're looking at streaming a uh, lot through our YouTube channels. We're creating different um, playlists for different sections. Um, and because I think, again, it's so varied, there there could be a playlist for coaching, a playlist for how to put teams together, a playlist for individuals, a playlist for even how to do poetry, right? That, that there's. Yeah. In particular, Christian poetry and then have people like yourself and other artists that I've met throughout the years be like, you know, special guest coaches on there. You know what I mean? Um, And share your insights and what works and what doesn't work. Um, And so I think the sky's the limit in that regard, uh, because that whole media kind of entertainment part opens up, you know, so much. Um, and many of it, you know, is now conducive to do it uh, like this where I can just set up my laptop on my phone um, and get some really good content out there. And so over the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a real rev up and then a consistency of just content around uh, podcasts, creative arts of course the slams Um, and a lot of it is going to be like this you know Q&A long form having artists come in spoken word hip hop leaders we're going to be talking about a number of topics uh, because I have some background in things like church planting we will address that again ministry leadership will address that marriage and ministry will address that especially marriage and relationships that seems to be a real hot topic that a lot of people are gravitating towards and -hmm. so we're going to try to really pump out a lot of content around that so yeah excited for it um the it's complicated podcasts i think it's like the spear you know of that effort um the tip of the spear if you would so definitely follow that uh if you haven't already and and stay tuned through the true voices platform
0: yo yep, i was just about to say you guys have to continue to follow true if you have not already make sure you follow true voices tv so that way you can be able to stay up to date and especially if you're a spoken word artist or even an artist that would want to be a part of this like make sure you're following so you can stay up to date with when they're gonna open up the the um the teams when they're gonna or do you have a mailing list too that people can sign up to receive emails as well
1: well um that's the thing we do have a mailing list on our website but our website is currently under construction so i wouldn't point people there right now however i would point people to just dm us on true voices um um and on the it's complicated podcast handle which i just posted yes um because that's the best way to reach us in terms of communication right now. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that pre-pandemic, we had the website up and running, the URL, everything purchased, and then it just sat there, mm-hmm. um, as you could imagine. And then we had plans, you know, um, even before the pandemic, though, we had paused it on purpose and we were working on it. Mm-hmm. We were trying to get the forms just right and the standards and the rules. Of how, you know, anytime you have a competitive, you know, uh, uh Uh, event like that you have to have rules and guidelines and all those things we have partner forms because not we're not just you have to apply to be a regional host you have to apply to be you know a poet that that gets to the stage again we look at things like if you're you know committed christian you should be part of a church Mm -hmm. you know um so all that is really really important
2: um
1: so yeah i would point people to that and and um lastly i would also say one of the things that i'm doing now is um i've done a lot of 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 uh pastoral counseling and care uh around uh, relationships and marriages premarital counseling things of that nature i'm currently working on becoming a certified biblical counselor and so if you're interested in getting some one-on-one with me either around that type of you know uh content you want you know want some counseling for your relationship for your singleness for your marriage uh you can also dm those platforms for more information um and if you're looking for coaching around leadership in particular ministry leadership same thing dm me and i can get you connected um again we'll be launching our patreon soon because one of the things that i realized that i should have done initially was create a way to um sustain this work Mm-hmm. uh which we just can't do without finances that's just the reality of it and totally. so if you like what you've heard on this podcast i would really encourage you um to stay tuned and to support when we do launch a patreon and, and to support by clicks and views and sharing the content
0: yeah and those are like i always think it's so dope because that's a free way to support for starting meaning like sharing and like tagging right. somebody to just check it out because yeah garner attention towards something, it helps that person's platform to grow. So that's something to, we all gotta recognize. Like, it doesn't take much to just, you watched a little bit of the video, press a little like. Right. like it doesn't right. take anything to do any of those things. And then when it comes right. to time to support monetarily, like, consider that because, especially if it's something that edifies you or something that you wanna see grow. Um, but I do have one more question I wanna ask you before we uh, pray. Uh, sure about your vision, like um, being able to to um, see that there was nothing that existed like True Voices before. So what advice do you have for those who God has given a vision? And some people, I feel like they pause and they're like, nobody's doing it. I don't know if I'm well, supposed to do it, but what advice do you have for those who God has clearly given a vision, but they're too scared to like, jump on?
1: Yeah, if nobody else has done it and you can't believe no one else has done it yet, chances are that that God is calling you to do it. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and I say this all the time to Christians. We are so quick to point out what's wrong with like the church or Christianity or ministry, um but my question is, are you in the stand or are you in the arena? Mm-hmm. It's easy to criticize from the stand what should or shouldn't be done, but I can tell you someone that has been in the arena you don't you don't you don't really get um what it's like. Um, until you're the in the arena yourself, yeah. You know, I can't tell y'all. Maybe you should do this and you should do that. Da, 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 da. Like homie, all due respect. You in the you in the stance? Are you gonna roll up your sleeve and get in the arena with me? Because then if you are, then it's a different story. Then we can talk. Then, then you can inform some decisions. Then we can pray together. Then we can collaborate. Then we can, you know, discuss, you know, potentially. But so many people got so many things to say about this and about that when it comes to ministry and what you should and shouldn't do. Um, but they're not willing to roll up the sleeve. So the first thing you got to do is roll up your sleeve. Have enough courage and boldness to get in the arena. Yeah. And most people will tell you, like me and Kiki, like we'll respect you a whole lot more if you're in the arena. We may not agree with everything, but like yo, salute you in the arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other piece is just that that marathon mentality. You have to give it time. Set yeah. your set yourself up with, with very um, very simple goals for, and very obtainable goals from early on, mm-hmm. um, because chances are it's not going to pop overnight. Chances yeah. are it's not going to be like standing room only overnight. And even that when I think about our first event being Standing Room only, that had, that had what like four four or so years in the making. Again, I, I started percolating the idea in two thousand seven. Yeah. I didn't launch in two thousand eleven. And so there was a number of years of just like really sitting on it and praying through it. And so before we get cut off, because my phone's about to die, I just realized that. Ooh. Let me um let me try to see if I can plug in. No, I actually can't because I don't think I have my charger with me. But here's what I would say. Just stick with it. Um try to try to surround yourself with people who are supporters you know we talked about the law of thirds last week you remember that and so there's generally three type of people supporters naysayers and undecideds you got to get supporters people who are generally for you people who are generally positive people who are generally uh um um, praying for you you know and hoping the best for you giving you the benefit of the doubt stay away from the naysayers who are highly critical who are highly negative, who are poking holes in every idea, who are telling you everybody thinks this, everybody's saying that. No, they're not, they're not. They're just saying that, they're just thinking that. And most of those uh, naysayers are also people in the stands, they're not in the arena. Yeah. Listen to people who are supporters, listen to people who are in the arena, get advice from people who are seasoned in, the, in ministry leadership and in ministry so that you can glean from their insight and then you'll win the underside, it's the third group. Um, so yeah i hope that helped i hope that blessed you guys the law of thirds by patrick lancone google it look it up it's going to bless any vision you try to go forward with i wish i knew it 10 years ago
0: that's dope and so i know your battery is about to be out i would love yeah, to yeah. Uh, pray like if you could pray for those who i have same like who are just like you who are out there like same like you know you know how it is like you talked about it too from the project but like we watching it right. so change and transform our lives um so yes for you to, to pray
1: uh, I would love to. If I get cut off is my phone died so you could just pick up where I left off, okay? Uh, Father, we th- so thankful for this podcast and for everyone who's tuned in. We do pray in particular for everyone who can gain something from this, whether it's the person following from afar, for the backslider. Um, Lord, I feel like we've hit on so many uh, topics in so many areas, but we do pray for them in particular. And we also pray for those who are in relationships and in marriages that are struggling right now. I pray that this content gave them some hope. I pray that it would re-energize some of those who are, um, Lord, indeed trying to get back to their faith and and get back to a place of commitment. We pray for those ministry leaders and even those who have the ambition towards ministry leadership. um, Lord, to be blessed by this podcast and the content and just be inspired to go forward and go after their goals, go after their vision. And we pray that you would surround them with supporters and that you would rebuke the naysayer lord that you would put up a lot a hedge of protection against the naysayer lord uh and that ultimately that you would continue to um give them a marathon ministry mindset lord uh to remember that lord uh this is um lord not something that we obtain overnight um, Lord, but endurance is key to uh, ministry success, a.k.a. faithfulness. Yes, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. I'm going to pray for you if it gets cut off. Just long Yes, long yes, long. <laughs> please. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you for this time, Lord. And, and I, I thank you, Lord, for speaking in so many different ways, Lord, and touching on so many different topics in this time. I pray that you would pierce hearts with things that we've spoken about, that it would plant seeds that would grow. Lord, I want to lift up before you, my brother. Lord, Pastor J. Lord, I pray that you would continue to um, expand his, his his steps. So God expand his territory, oh God. That as you've given him a vision, Lord, that he will be able to see it through as he has, Lord, for the last nine years and even still these nine years. I don't even compare to the years before, Lord, where you were just where it was just even a conversation of what this yes, is like, Lord. Lord. So I thank you for what you put in his hands. I pray that you would bless it. I pray that um, even what stands out, Lord, in his story, Lord, how he grew up, he was an orphan, oh God, and how you've allowed him to now be someone who's helping to build families, who's helping to get people into your family, God. It's something something to look at, oh God, and it's such a blessing what you've done in his life, Lord. I pray that he would continue to be able to be someone who people can look up to for relationship advice for marriage advice, God, to to find him his voice as a strong counselor in this generation, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that that also, Lord, that um his for his own marriage, that it would be something that, that you can help him to to stand in, Lord, that he would be built in it, God, that that you would sustain them for even ten more years, Lord, as next year they're about to walk into that ten year mark, God. I pray that they would be able to have even more years under their belt. And for his children, that they would they would have his voice, Lord, just ingrained into them oh god and it's your words through his voice oh god that they would grow in the knowledge lord of who you are and that they too would have visions and and dreams that you give them even from a young age lord because you don't discount anybody's age you don't discount anybody lord no matter Where they are in life, Lord, you will call somebody, Lord. So I pray that his kids will be drawn into the calling, Lord, early on, Lord. And I just thank you so much for for all the lives that he has touched. May you continue to water those seeds that he has planted throughout the years and ones that he's going to continue to plant, God. And I just thank you so much for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Oh,
1: man, thank God my phone survived. I had to unplug the mic. I unplugged my headphones. I was like, (laughs) I wanted to. I I wanted to get through this prayer at least so okay. thank you so much for having me on no Uh great for hip-hop as a community um thank you for your comments your love your support uh your following uh your sharing your liking all that good stuff it means a lot to me but most of all please keep me in prayer continue to intercede for all that we shared today and yes. it could just you know really be a benefit to the kingdom um you know as we as we go forward into this annual uh event and and everything leading up to it yep. um it's you know these type of um podcasts and, and online content mm-hmm. i really think that there's going to be you know a, a great opportunity to be a blessing and uh and to be blessed yep. um, i so yeah man thanks again for having me on kiki no
0: loves, you're in
1: we got to do part four. We
0: did part I'm one, like, two, three. Yeah, but
1: also don't know, we did like an hour and a half, maybe more last count. time. We did it again today. Oh, <laughs> like Super man, good. it's
0: fun time! It's fun time. We definitely got it. you already now. we got more to talk about. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, sounds good. All right, y'all. Good night.
0: Good night. How do I? Oh, how do I? I don't know how to. Oh boom!
1: You got to make sure you save it
0: to IGTV. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, there we go. All right. Good night. <laughs> All right.
1: Peace.
0: All right, you guys. So that was a dope time. Um, definitely, like I said, I'm gonna say it one more time. Follow True Voices TV. And um, I just want to be able to close and pray for you guys that um, yeah, that every that everything that's going on with you guys, like I will continue to to um. To touch you in your lives as well. I'm like so full. I hope you guys are like so full. It was like had like a three, five course meal, like so many different buffets. There's so many things that you could take and enjoy. So make sure you can go back and listen to it. So I'm praying for you guys as well. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you for this time, Lord. Once again, Lord, and I just pray for each and every person who's come on now, Lord. I pray, Lord, um, as we have said it before, Lord, that their hearts will be pierced to what we've talked about, Lord. And I just pray that especially even as we talked about community and accountability and being in, being in a church, Lord, that you would stir our hearts, Lord, and move our feet. Uh, not even just it's a matter of us two taking our responsibility to of what we've heard to put it into action oh God that you would guide us to where you want us to be and that you would allow especially when it comes to hip hop as a whole that they would be able to find people that love them that, that are able to walk with them in their walk and that that won't, won't judge them based on their struggle but would pray them through it because honestly Lord Struggles don't stop even when you're saved. It just, it, we just know where we're turning to. We know who's fighting on our behalf. So I pray for anybody right now who's struggling, anybody who's hurting right now, who has any type of addiction, who is, it's just um, men, Like we, as we talked about a lot, mental health in this generation right now, in this, in well, not even generation, these past two years, God, even um, as we speak about. Uh, Things in the news that are coming out now about the police uh, is coming up again, Lord, I pray... Um, that you would just guard everybody's hearts and their minds, Lord, and that you would remind them of their purpose, that you would remind them that you put them here for a reason, that they would not give up, Lord, even as Pastor Jay shared about that in his testimony of having um, being young, Lord, and struggling with suicide, Lord, suicidal thoughts, So I pray for those who are struggling, even in that vein that you would grip them, oh God, and hold them tightly, Lord, and remind them, let your voice be ever so loud over the enemy, because the enemy rushes over them, God, and surrounds them and speaks to their hearts until it infects their their, their their mind and their actions oh god so i pray lord, that you would guard hearts and minds tonight i pray for those uh again lord anybody here who has anything that they're going through that they haven't even they don't even know how to ask for prayer they don't even believe that you can move on their behalf i pray that you would help their unbelief and that when you move on their behalf they would recognize that it was you who did it oh god and i just thank you so much for what you're gonna do in jesus name i pray amen all right you guys so that's it uh, for tonight, uh, again, uh, Wednesdays, we meet on Zoom. You guys could come hang out with us and continue praying. We pray for literally 30 minutes. We'll lock in, th- grab some hip-hop news, and pray together. Uh, but I'll see you guys next Monday. We'll have, I'm going to try to get somebody else to come through so we can continue having dope conversations about people's stories and just how God is guiding them. I think it's so important. But all right, yeah, y'all much love. Have a good night.